0: What's up everybody? Now listen, before you scroll past over this because you're thinking, oh, it's an ad and I want to get back to the good shit, hold the phone, all right? This is important. Do me a favor, just give me a couple minutes of your time. Every once in a while, and I've been doing this a long freaking time, a supplement actually does come along that is truly effective and worth the damn money. And one of those to come along in my nearly 30 years of being a coach, a trainer, an athlete, a bodybuilder is Element, L-M-N-T, Element. Packets are electrolytes, sodium. It's the real deal. They're this awesome little drink packet. You drop it in your water, shake it up, drink it. I will literally have two two or three of these things a day. And listen. In my experience, typically if there's a performance issue, if you're on a lower carb ketogenic or carnivore diet and you might be feeling a little sluggish, performance is waning a bit, things aren't quite right, it's usually always an electrolyte issue. And one cool way to alleviate that and maybe stave off some of the boredom of just drinking water or black coffee. Is having an element pack. Like I said, I'll have two of these two or three of these things a day. I'll have one in the morning. I'll often have one of the chocolate ones in my coffee. And in here, pro tip: you take one of these bad boys, put it in some cold brew coffee, scoop of chocolate protein powder, absolute freaking heaven. Okay. And then I'll drop one of these, sometimes two, in a big water jug and drink it prior to training. Intro workout all the way through training makes a huge difference. And in hot summer days, if I'm out on a walk or a ruck or chasing my grandson around the damn backyard, you're gonna be burning through sodium and electrolytes and these things replenish and restore and they taste freaking amazing. They're stevia sweetened. You can even get plain ones with no sweetener at all. But I love the flavor. These things are incredible. Support this channel. Support your electrolyte needs by ordering some Element. Listen, if you use my link, and that is is slash Rob Goodwin, anything you order on that, through that link, Element will give you a bonus packet of drink packets you get this big sample pack for free just by placing an order using my link so this is this accomplishes many things you get one of the best most productive supplements on earth that's super affordable will change the game for you i promise and it supports the channel win win so get on www.drinkelementdrinklmnt.com slash Rob Goodwin and get some packets. These things are amazing. Get some now, put them in your water, put them in your coffee, chug them down, drink them pre-workout, drink them post-workout. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Element, I am a certified salt dealer. Enjoy. Now back to the video. What's up, everybody? Coach Rob here. I'm getting my mic all situated. Coach Rob here, I already said that. This is the channel that you want to come to regularly, and again, for everything concerning strength, fitness, nutrition, bodybuilding. Most of it's centered around a low-carb, ketogenic, or carnivore lifestyle without all the dogma and bullshit that you find on occasion, on other channels, not this one. I am honest to a fault. You have to give me that. And my guarantee to you, as always is, I'm not just gonna tell you what the latest and greatest thing is out in the low carb carnivore and ketogenic space, or in the whole bodybuilding and fitness ethos. I'm just gonna tell you what I think is the most direct path to getting you the results that you're trying to achieve period, end of story. So if you like that kind of bull snap, and if that's your particular brand of vodka, then do me the honor and the privilege of showing some support and a little bit of love by smashing the subscribe button. Hit the little like, thumbs up, dude, and the notification bell so you'll always know when this guy is grabbing new content and throwing it out on the interwebs for you. So now we got that out of the way. Let's get started. This is part two ketogenic bodybuilding, sort of the brand that I brought to the landscape many years ago, and the hybrid ketogenic bodybuilding protocol that I used all throughout my contest prep years and that I still use to this day for many of my clients who are competing in a physique competition or have some A event scheduled like a photo shoot or a vacation or a trip or just have that one time of the year carved out where they want to finally take themselves to a level of body composition that they've always dreamed of being, then I help people achieve that along with people who just want to change the, the direction and course of their lifestyle through better health nutrition and even focusing on things like longevity because I am not getting any younger and my goal is to be able to be the best badass I can be at now drawing close to double nickels 55 years old. So there you have it. Anyway, so anyway, what I was getting at is this is part two. Part one was ketogenic bodybuilding, how I did it and how you can too, basically the 2023 version. The first video was focusing on the nutrition element. And if you haven't seen that, then watch that one after this one. Uh, That one's about an hour long, so you may want to break it up, but make sure you get all the way through it because there's some really good nuggets all the way through it. If you have seen it, thank you very much for your support. And now we get to part two, which is not going to be nearly as long. I always say that. Uh, But we're going to talk real quick about training. Um, In part one, I sort of alluded to this bar napkin approach, an elevator pitch approach to what the best course of action would be if I was given a, a small amount of time to explain to someone that said, listen, I wanna be lean, jacked, you know, phenomenal body composition, you know, the best shape of my life, be able to take my shirt off or get in that swimsuit or, or enter a local competition, whatever the case may be, how do I do that? The point I tried to make with that is, is listen, the, the, the path, is harder than the plan. I can write out four or five bullet points on a bar napkin, as I said in in the first part of this video series, and it's going to look on paper like not a big deal, but the minute you try to embark on the, you know, doing the, 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 taking the path toward or through this plan, that's when it becomes difficult actually day to day walking through this lifestyle. So it's good to have somebody like me to help navigate the rough terrain that is always going to be ever present in front of you as you take each step every day towards being the best genetic version of yourself that you can possibly be. So, once again, to reiterate, often the path that you travel is harder than the actual plan itself because you're out navigating harsh terrain with obstacles always in front of you every step of the way. And you always have to sort of change the course, sort of, sort of you know, redirect the GPS to make sure that you're always on point and getting to the destination. The destination today is we're talking about training. We covered a lot of the nutrition element in part one, and then the training element is not going to be complex. In training, and I'm talking about training with weights in the gym with the overriding goal, clearly being of retaining as much lean mass as humanly possible, muscle, and building any, um, any amount of new lean muscle as you possibly can Hypertrophy, building lean muscle The best course of action to doing that in my opinion And what I did for many, many years Even way back in the day in the 90s When I was heavily steeped in the old school 90s bodybuilding culture And then fast forward to nearly a decade When I competed in bodybuilding competition in the NPC And you know, had some decent success with that What did I do? Well, it always goes back to intensity. When you're looking at all of the measurable metrics of strength training, you've got intensity, volume, frequency, duration, all of these things. Of them all, number one most important by far is intensity. Intensity. If you can elevate the intensity of your workout, if you can elevate the intensity of your training, that is always going to be the best approach and most direct path to getting you Closer to the physique that you have in your head when you think of yourself at your best that vision that reflection in the mirror that you're trying to accomplish It's best served Most directly By nutrition and hard training and in the hard training world The greatest Thing that you can do To accelerate progress is increase the intensity so that's why I always engaged in a more high intensity training approach with lower volume because intensity and volume do not coexist. They're mutually exclusive of one another. You can't sustain peak levels of super intensity over the course of two hours. And with some of these marathon workouts that people do, and most of the people that are engaging in these super high volume, long duration, long winded ass training sessions, If they're being completely honest with you are the people who are going to tell you that, you know, they're they are not getting the results that they had hoped for. And the first thing that I do, like in the nutrition element back when I really landed on the ketogenic bodybuilding landscape, it's because people came to me to fix their ketogenic diet. So I found the most direct path to changing their ketogenic diet to make that more successful for them to not only improve their health but also help them with their body composition because at the end of the day that's what everybody wanted anyway. Everybody wants to look great and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that provided you're not compromising your health to do that. Now you're going to be doing that a little bit in the hardcore world of physique competition but then knowing how to come out of those moments of competition or whatever and then titrating back to a healthy sustainable you know level of eating and training to prepare yourself for the next go around that's also another trick in and of itself that's something that we have to do so in other words when you're elevating your level of intensity the volume is going to have to come down that's just logic and rational thought because no one can sustain peak intensity for long duration I recently did a a consultation. I do these Zoom consultations, as I spoke about in the last video, and it's been one of the most valuable things I've ever done. I'm doing them almost on a daily basis now, and I'm meeting some incredible people. And we're, we're able to just together walk through so many scenarios and just dig into what they're doing and find little nuggets of wisdom where we can make these calculated corrections with their diet, with their training, with their lifestyle. There's a lot of X factors out there, too that we can change up to get them back on course, redirect their GPS and get them back to where they need to be in order to get the level of success they want in the most direct path in the shortest amount of time, which is always going to be longer than you want. But patience is a virtue and a great part of this as well. So when you're bringing up the intensity of training, you're going to have to bring down the volume. And I always tell my clients, and I remind myself for many, many years, you're trying to put in the most, the highest amount and level of intensity within the shortest time possible. And, you know, back to what I was getting at is I, you know, I did one of these consultations recently with a gentleman who was really on board with the nutrition element, but was struggling a little bit with how to... Um, construct and design a strength training program. And when I was talking to him about his strength training program, his, his time in the gym, he kept referring to, well, I'm doing these movements and these exercises, and you know, I'm experiencing this on this set, and then on, by the second set, this, and by the third set, that, and by the, he ends up talking about a fifth set and the sixth set, and then like we're, we're, we're eight exercises deep into the same damn body part. And I stopped him right there and I said, so clearly you and I are complete polar opposites in the world of training. And I I think he kind of, you know, he was taken aback by that comment. So I went on to ask him a couple of questions, the most important of which being, I said, listen, let's take one of the exercises that you just mentioned to me as an example and the one I'm going to take for an example is a reverse grip cable pull down. Very common exercise, extremely productive back exercise, also a very productive biceps movement. And in my fact, top three back developers that there is out there. So I took that as an example. So I asked this gentleman during this consultation, I said, hypothetically, let's walk through this scenario. Let's say We go ahead and load up the lat pull-down machine with roughly what we would perceive to be 60% of your max effort intensity. 60% of what you can muster in that set. And you're gonna get eight to 10 reps with that. Clearly, you will have reps left in reserve. We're not trying to take this to failure. We're just trying to warm up the muscles and get you mentally focused. So, he was on board with that. So I walked him through that. We we do the set eight to 10 reps, roughly 60% of your max effort. And then we take a break. You're going to walk around the gym. You're going to get this right. You're going to recover. You're going to get your head right. You're going to be prepared for that next brutal set. And you're going to prepare yourself for battle for this next set. You're going to prepare yourself to go to war. You're going to put on the war paint, right? You're going to go all freaking Braveheart on this set, and you're going to go up to that thing. And once you know you're properly prepared mentally, because we've already prepared you physically by warming up your joints, muscles, tendons, and ligaments on that first feeder set at a roughly 60% of your max, 70 is even fine. And now we're ready to go to an all-out set of total failure. A lot of people don't even know what that means. You have to learn how to take yourself to that point. So I asked the gentleman, I said, so we get to the second set after the feeder set. And now we bump the weight up a little bit. And now we're going to do roughly eight to 10 reps, whatever it ends up being, to total failure. And I'll often tell my clients on the gym floor, don't do eight if you can do nine. Don't get stuck on arbitrary numbers. I rarely tell my clients, do 12 reps, do 10 reps. I tell them a range. Do as many as you can with good, strict form. So if this gentleman that I was referring to adds some weight on there, something that he knows is going to be challenging from his experience over eight to ten reps, he starts the set. He gets through five reps, it's getting challenging. He gets through six reps, getting hard. You know, seven reps, it's now it's getting really tough. Eight reps is very challenging. The rep speed is really starting to slow down because he's starting to reach the point of momentary concentric muscular failure. Then we get to rep nine, which is nearly impossible. He's shaking, but he's holding that form, and he finally gets it down to the top of his chest slowly with a nice slow negative brings it back now it's time to take that deep breath and imagine if you have a gun in your mouth and you're told to get this next rep or we're going to pull the trigger what would you do that's the level of intensity that I'm going to ask him to achieve on this final rep to total failure. Uh, another one. Pull, 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 finish it, finish it, finish it, finish it. There you go. Sometimes this last rep will take me 20 to 30 seconds, which that doesn't seem like a lot here. But if you have any experience at all, a 20 second rep feels like an eternity. So he's giving it everything he's got. Maybe he gets it to the point where it's a static hold and then he can muster up a little bit more to bring it down two or three inches more. Then it's back to a static hold and he's starting to fail and he's fighting it and he finally, finally gets it down with everything he has knowing that that's it, man. That's all I got. And then because you're a little bit stronger in the negative portion of the the rep, he's going to as slowly as possible bring that back up to the resting position. And then you ask yourself an honest question in your heart of hearts. Could I have done another rep? And if the answer is no and it's honest, then you did your job. You have stimulated the growth mechanism. You've put it into motion. So then here's my question to this gentleman. If you do that second set as we just walked through it, as we just described, very specifically, Here's the question. Why would you do another set? Why? And I just waited. I waited for him to respond. The reply, which was a logical, rational reply, and the one I was looking for was, well, I guess there would be no reason to. Bingo. Why would you do another set? You have stimulated the growth mechanism at that point. Doing a third set, fourth set, fifth set, all that would do was would be to create a deeper inroad into the recovery process. Why would you do another set? Now, granted, Sometimes two feeder sets may be necessary. I often do two feeder sets. My phrase that I use is feeder to failure, feeder to failure. That's what we do. That's what I like to do. So I'll do one feeder set. And if I still don't feel like I'm, I'm there mentally, I'm not properly warmed up, then I'll do another feeder set. Maybe I'll bump it up just a little bit more. Maybe the first set is 60% of my max intensity uh, by a rate of perceived exertion. And then maybe my second feeder set is 70%, little tougher, but plenty of reps in reserve. Now I'm mentally prepared, I'm in that groove, I've done a a couple sets, the juices are flowing, I'm in that groove, I'm ready to go to war. And now I'm ready for that third all-out set to failure. Bam. Everything I got on that third set, total failure. When you ask me, listen, Rob, you just did nine reps and that was brutal. Do you think you could have got a 10th one? I'm going to tell you, dude, no. And if I would have attempted it, it would have been ugly. That's what intensity is. So when I do, you know, we're talking about back. So in a back workout, I just described that, you know, two to three sets, feeder sets to a failure set. And then guess what you do after that? Move on. I did back today. So that was convenient. We did reverse grip pull down, third set to failure. Then we did a chest supported bent over barbell row, good old school movement. We did three sets, third one was to total failure. And then after that, we did a seated row with two flexible handles, two single handles. That way you can separate it more as you bring it into the contracted position, get that little bit more out of the movement. Did two feeder sets and a failure set. Then the only last thing I did is we did some rope pullovers just to isolate the muscle one more time. Two sets, all out, done. Back is over myself with three other guys, we were done in just a little over 30 minutes. But it was hard ass effort. Now I'm not competing anymore. I'm not eating 5,000 calories a day. I'm not eating five, six meals a day. I'm not doing all the things that somebody would do in a hardcore prep. And I'm not gonna lie to you and say that I'm training with the same level of intensity that I did when I was competing. But it's still pretty damn intense, especially for somebody my age. Now, that's another thing. If you're watching this and you're over 40, over 45, over 50 or even older than that, I would argue this, that a high intensity training approach is going to be safer than a volume approach. Because oftentimes people ignorantly say, well, that high intensity stuff, you know, you can't do that if you're older. It's, you know, you could hurt yourself. No, it's the volume. When you start doing set after set after set and body part after body part and, and, and movement after movement after movement, you can only sustain that for so long before things start getting sloppy and you start overdoing it and overworking it. And that's when you're gonna risk something getting torn or twisted or, or, or overused. I've been training in high intensity for nearly 30 years. I have never had one serious injury, not one. Because I give it everything I got with great form for just a couple of sets, and then I move on. So that's what intensity is, and I believe, especially for the natural athlete, the unenhanced, that it's also the best way to go. why do some of the guys and women out there who are juiced to the damn gills You might argue, well, they train two hours. Damn right they do. And that's fine. But what do anabolics do? Not only do they heighten the anabolic process, but they also aid in what? Recovery. Somebody who's sauced out of their mind is going to recover exponentially faster than I would. Or maybe some of you would. So yes, Somebody who's geared up to the max can handle a lot more volume and get phenomenal results. But John Q. Public out there who's just trying to pack on as much damn muscle as he possibly can and work a job and raise a family. Another great advantage of high intensity training is it shortens your amount of time in the gym. I have clients that are constantly being approached. You know, they're following my app and my workouts and it's very high intensity. And people often come up to them and commend them on how focused and driven and matter of fact, in, bang, out, boom, go. Work that muscle. Take it to failure. Kick in the growth mechanism. Start the process and then leave it alone. When you do that second or third set to failure, think of it as Before you did it, you were at ground level. When you do that third all-out set to failure, you dig a hole. That's damaging the muscle, damaging the soil, removing it. Now you leave it alone to recover. So if I train back on Monday, it's recovering on Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, I'm filling up the hole. Friday, Saturday, I have fully recovered. I've compensated for the damage. Now, Saturday, Sunday, I have overcompensated. And if all's gone well, pack on a little new growth on top. So then that new growth, that fully recovered, open, overcompensated muscle tissue is now ready to be hit again the following Monday. That's how growth occurs. There are a lot of different ways you can do high-intensity Now, I'm not one of these Mike Mentzer purists that thinks it's one set every 72 hours. But I believe intensity can be achieved in many different ways. And I think if you really look at it as what's the greatest amount of effort I can put into the shortest amount of time possible, I think that's going to be a great start to beginning your high-intensity protocol. And you're going to see results like you haven't seen before. You're going to feel different. You're going to feel stronger. When I really nailed my diet, I I really saw a difference in my 2019 contest prep. Coming off of a not-so-stellar 2018 show where I placed third, which pissed me off, I wanted to, you know, because prior to that, I had gotten second a couple of times and then I dropped one. I'm like, this is bullshit. So what did I do? What was the one thing I changed? I really went back to the drawing board and went very, very old school, super high intensity. One two feeder sets at most, one all out death, freaking gladiator, brave heart, crazy ass, you know, freaking John Wick set to fucking failure. All right, and then I moved on. And then after that 30, 40 minute session of back or chest or legs or arms or whatever it was, Then it was a supreme focus on recovery. Nourishing my body, resting, putting emphasis on sleep and recovery, and making sure I was setting the environment to grow and not only compensate, take it back to ground level, but overcompensate and pack a little dirt on top. There are other ways that you can achieve high intensity. You know, sometimes... To take it to another level, I'll add in a rest pause set, or a cluster set, or some heavy negatives, or some forced reps. I have the luxury of having a couple of workout partners, so if I'm doing a set of bench presses or incline presses, and I achieve total concentric muscle failure, then I can bring down another one in the negative position, And I know I got two guys that can force rep me up through another rep that I otherwise would not have been able to achieve, which is just another element of increasing the intensity. You know, strip sets where you have a certain amount of weight, you max out to a certain rep, then you do one set. We do as many as you can, take some weight off, do as many as you can. That's another way of achieving intensity. People People often ask me, I work out alone. How can I achieve that too? What's been ingrained in so many people's heads that free weights are so much superior to machines. Well, that's not true. Not unless you're a power lifter. If the goal is hypertrophy, body composition, being strong, looking your best, adding some lean mass, machines work great. I like a combination of the two. So if you're training by yourself, use a Smith machine. Use a machine. Use a leg press. Use a squat machine. Whatever. Whatever is at your disposal. But then that gives you the ability to achieve a level of total failure, and then if things start becoming unsafe, you can bail out and rack the machine. If you have workout partners, then you're all set. Or if you have that guy or that girl at the gym that you're friendly with that you know you can comfortably ask for a spot here and there, or that gym employee, then definitely go that route. But this, again, this is not rocket science. Now there is structure in these workouts. When I design workouts for my online clients and for my gym clients, there is a method to the madness. It's not just throwing darts at a board. I don't just pick out exercises and just, oh, I'll put these four together today. Now there's always some reasoning behind the madness. But then once I determine that structure and program, a lot of trainers don't even know what the fuck programming means these days. There's a skill to that. So once we've established what the programming is, the structure, then it's about then applying a level of intensity beyond what your normal capacity would be. And then provided you walk away, nourish the body and focus then on recovery, then you will grow. That's how it works. But once again, what I'm telling you isn't that complicated. It does take practice and skill. You might even wanna hire a coach. I know a guy. Or if I'm not your brand of vodka, I'm sure there might be somebody in your area that you might be able to hire. I don't care who it is, I just want you getting results. I want you to be happy. And if watching this YouTube video is the thing that propels you forward to take steps to change things, and take things to a different level, then I'm happy as a damn clam. What makes clams so happy? Anyway, um, so yeah, so again, intensity is the key to growth, pushing yourself beyond your limits. You know, I mentioned Mike Menser, legendary bodybuilding guru, who is sort of the godfather of high-intensity training. My favorite, personal favorite high-intensity advocate is the great six-time Mr. Olympia Dorian Yates. In fact, it was his methodology that is probably the closest to mine, meaning I love the fact that he would do one or two feeder sets and then a failure set. I'm not going to take credit for that. I learned that from him, and then I just put my own brand of special sauce on it. But Mike Menser, when asked one time in a seminar, you know, somebody said to him, Mike, you're talking about taking everything to 100%. And he said, yes. And they said, well, so-and-so in this study said you only need to take it to 70%. And then so-and-so in this study said you need to take it to 85% to get results. And so-and-so in this study said it's only 90% is required to get results. Mike Mentzer's brilliant reply was, "Was well, if you do it my way, you've got the 70%, you have got the 85 You've got the 90, you you, you have surpassed that, so let's go ahead and take it to that 100 and be absolutely certain that you've stimulated the growth mechanism and put it into motion. And I thought that was a brilliant reply. And it makes logical, rational sense. Everybody and their uncle is going to tell you, oh, you don't have to go to failure. You know what that usually means is they don't have it in them to actually work that freaking hard. They'll never tell you that because training with that level of intensity is not easy and it takes practice and you better be freaking prepared. Most people just check off a list. I, you have what I call box checkers or ass kickers. You have box checkers or ass kickers. I've got those people. I've got clients that walk into my gym and it's checking off a laundry list. Let's see, I took Timmy to school, I picked up the dry cleaning, I went by the supermarket, I went to the gym, then I went and did this. That's a box checker. Then I got people in here that walk into this gym and they look like they're ready to fight Mike, fight Mike Tyson. And their entire demeanor when they walk in here is I'm going to piss lightning and shit thunder and get things done and go all out. And it's a supreme focus. That's an ass kicker. You already gotta be that before you can take it to the level that you need to take it through through high intense training. No, it's not for everybody. And does everybody have to do it? No, I'm sure you can do just fine Doing your higher volume, putt-putt around the gym, talk to this guy, talk to this girl, take a selfie, check the stock market, check your Instagram, check your TikTok, do another set. Or you can take that phone and bury it in your nasty-ass gym bag, put on your protein shake-stained sweatshirt. Go out there and kick ass And take names You better be ready to eat fucking nails If you want real results You gotta pay to play, man Not just with your diet But in the gym, too How's it going so far? Um, So, yeah So This video isn't so much about The mechanics of it It's the mindset The ideology of it. The theory. Because the path is tougher than the plan. Navigating the terrain and the terrain that we're referring to today is pushing yourself to a place that you may have never been before under the iron. So if you're watching this little two-part video series because You're looking to take your training and your nutrition to a level that brings you to a level of body composition, muscularity, and leanness that you have in your head. If you want to be happy with your reflection and achieve something that you set out to do either recently or a long time ago, I'm telling you that you need to get right up here first. You got to be prepared to take things to a level That most people would not go because if this shit was easy, everybody would look amazing. And they don't. If they're happy with that, that's fine. I'm talking to you. The one that's sitting there going, yeah, that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. I got to quit screwing around. I've got to get off my ass and I've got to really buckle down. And take myself to places I haven't been before in the gym. I'm going to put the phone down, strap on some headphones, block out the world, and get shit done. And that's really what it takes. That's what the training element is. It's a mindset. It's blue collar. It's lunch pail. It's blood and guts. And I love that shit. Even old and retired. I love that shit. And I'll probably be doing some version of that when I'm 70 years old. God willing, 80 years old. Whatever I'm fortunate to have. So. That's the message I wanted to give today. That is the feeling, the vibe that I wanted to give to you today to let you know it's not so much about spreadsheets, sets and reps and numbers and this and that. It's about load up the bar, put that pin a couple plates lower than you normally would, get this right, put on the war paint, and go to battle with yourself. And if you do that consistently, not just here and there, combined with the nutrition element that we spoke of in part one, then you're going to see so much start to fall in place. And I think you're going to be happy with the outcome. Does that make sense? Well, good. I didn't really have any agenda. When I did this video, I took no notes. I came off the workout floor, turned on the light, turned on the camera and started playing. You know why? I didn't need to prepare for this one because I've been doing this shit in the trenches for years with myself and with my clients. And I see the ones that get the results. I see the ones that are consistent. I see the ones that are putting in the effort because the results always come to light and you see it. It's a different look for those that are willing to really roll up their sleeves and get their damn hands dirty. So I'll leave you with that today. Leave a comment, ask a question. Let me know how I can make this channel better for you. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to hit the little thumbs up guy. And as always, train hard, diet harder, but above all else, do whatever it takes to have a fantastic day because you never know when it's going to be your last. Go have an awesome day. I really appreciate the support from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There'll be another video very, very soon. Peace.